Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. my producer, my quarterback with the bow here. We're going to do a little experiment this week. We're going to have Tone on from 7 to 7.20 every day. Just wanted to let you guys know that because Tone is healthy conversation, good conversation. That's what we're about here on Good Morning NFC East. Tone, I got to start with you on this. I, I feel like we should talk about the Eagles first, and we're going to, but the Giants are banged up, really banged up at quarterback at wide receiver, and they might – there's some floating around here, and I thought this was very interesting about Odell Beckham was not in the Giants building, but he's been hanging out with Giants players. Just from your perspective, what do you make of this? Uh, that story in particular, I don't make I, – I'm, I'm not going to make much of it. You know, look, the way I see it, Odell Beckham is at, is at a point in his career where he's not looking to go through a rebuild. Um, he's coming off of, uh, I think it was a, a ACL tear or an Achilles in, uh, injury, whatever, whatever injury it was, he's coming off of a lengthy injury and he's not in a position to have to be the guy, you know, he's, he's not that in that point in his career where he is trying to be the number one guy. He wants to be, a, he, he wants to go into a situation that's essentially ready-made and look, this is all speculation. This is just my observation, right? You know, this is not a report or breaking news or anything, but you know, just based off my observations and the way things look, I don't see a guy like him at this point in his career trying to go to a rebuilding situation. He wants to fit into a ready-made situation. Maybe the Eagles, right? <laughs> maybe uh, a team like the Bills or maybe the Buccaneers, right? You know, they're a little thin at wide receiver because of health issues. But, you know, he's looking for a situation that's a bit more ready-made. You know, he's trying to compete, you know, kind of like what he did with the um, Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, well, speaking of the Rams, see, this is what gets me. The Rams are terrible last night against the 49ers. I don't know how much of the game you caught. Absolutely terrible. It's uh, funny, Jeff. I tweeted really quickly. Um, I tweeted, I said, I said, I don't know. I'm 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 not a I'm not a believer. I'm not a believer in these Rams. I my, my exact tweet was, yo, the Rams are cooked, and I don't believe in them at all. It, it's funny too, because I think Dallas could give them a game this week after what I saw. But that might be a good thing if, if from an Eagles perspective because 
they might play a lot better against the Cowboys than they did against the 49ers. But there's four teams in the NFC West right now at two and two. The Rams are one of them. And the Rams, like the Cardinals have their issues. The 49ers have their issues. But the 49ers just took the Rams to the woodshed. The Seahawks, it's crazy. I, I know the Seahawks only beat the Falcons and, and the Lions. But, oh, oh sorry, no, they, they lost the Falcons. So the Seahawks have their problems too. It's a wide-open division. But overall, like the Rams should be the best team. Something's off tone. I, I, it might be Odell. It, I mean, they just don't – Matthew Stafford looks off. They can't run the football. Their defense is having trouble getting off the field. Uh, they might need Odell. This is why this brings me back to my Giants thing. I, from what I'm hearing, Odell's not going to be ready till November, right? So I don't know how we would help the Giants stay this week when you're down Kenny Galladay, when you're down these receivers. But I, I, this is why I wanted to bring up the Giants so quickly. You know Davis Webb might be their quarterback someday. Yeah, uh, Daniel Jones is dealing with like an ankle injury, right? Um, have, they, have, they, have they actually defined or diagnosed what it is? Yeah, so it is an ankle injury. Um, you know, he's pretty much day-to-day, according to Brian Dable. So, but it doesn't look like with them traveling to London, I mean, I, I would say right now, if, if I was honest, it's probably 60-40 he does play. But Tyrod Taylor is going to play. He has a concussion. And Dable pretty much said, look, we take concussions very seriously here. Like, I, I, I think Tyrod's out no yeah, matter what. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You better. <laughs> but, yeah, so to me, Tyrod's out. Davis Webb's on the practice squad, so you're probably uh, bringing him up anyway. You're probably yeah. going to have to find a quarterback. And, look, Saquon Barkley played Wildcat on Sunday. He took more than one legitimate snap when jo- Jones was pretty much a decoy on Sunday. So that ankle injury is bad. I mean, when you got the Packers and Ravens coming up, Tone, that is not good. I don't care who you they're are. Cooked. Jeff, they're cooked. It's, 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 they're cooked. It's not a question. Look at this. You know, it's so funny, right? I'm so glad you brought up the Giants today because last night I was getting some notes down. You know, I was laying in the bed. It was about midnight. You know, so, I mean, you know, it takes me a while to get down. It takes me a while to lay my head down to sleep, right? So I'm getting some notes down for the show. And, you know, I was just thinking to myself, what's it going to take for the Philadelphia Eagles to be able to to, to be able to secure this division? What's it going to take? What's the road right now in the next four games? So the Philadelphia Eagles. They got the car, they're at the Cardinals, then they're home against the Cowboys, home against the Steelers, then they go to Houston to play the Texans. I think that schedule is not that bad. Also, they have a bias sprinkled in there. Then the Cowboys at the Rams, at the Eagles, tough stretch, if you ask me. Um, then then they then they then they're home against the Lions, and then they're home against the Bears. And then the Giants at the Packers, home against the Ravens, at the Jaguars, at the Seahawks. I'll, I'll be honest with you. They can lose all four of those games. The next four, you mean? Yes, the next yeah. four. Yes, they can. Oh, oh, they can. They can, they can I, lose the next four of those games at Packers, home against Ravens, at Jaguars, at Seahawks. That's the Giants' next four games right now. That's the next four games sleep. I'll tell you what: the Lions are number one in the NFL in offense with thirty-five points per game. So the Eagles gave up the what the Lions average. Yeah, that win over the Lions does not look bad. I know the Lions are one and three, but that's because their defense can't stop a lick. You know, we I think we should be more upset the Eagles didn't score more than 31 offensive points against the Lions with, uh, with what Seattle did to them. But, you know what, Tone? I, I, one in three does seem possible. 
for the Cowboys in the next four. And look, the Cowboys, we're going to find out how good they are on Sunday. But the thing is, I think we're going to find out how good the Rams are. That's the issue here. Mm. I don't know how good the Rams are. I think I know that they're a good team, but they haven't shown it yet. Through four games, and again, it's a long season. I understand that. But what I watched last night and what I've been watching with the Rams, they barely beat the Cardinals. They got crushed by the 49ers. They're division teams. All four teams in the NFC West are 2-2. As bad as the Cardinals have looked at times this season, they are tied for first place in that division, which is what makes this game scary. Because I'll say this, Stone. I wrote about this in my one thing I learned at each team this week. The Cardinals' defense has been very, very good since they got shellacked by the Raiders in the first half. Hmm. Very good. So – you know, the way I see it, right, the Rams are – I know they're the champions, and I want to give respect where respect is due, but they can very well lose to Dallas. Dallas can actually win that game. Um, and you want to speak about the problems that the Rams have, and I know this is the NFC East show, and, you know, we're sprinkling in we're, – we're talking about the league as it pertains to the NFC East, right? So, well, I will say this. There is an NFC East team that plays the Rams this week. Yeah, yeah. And, you know – the way I see it, the Rams, they can't run the ball. That Allen Robinson signing looks like a dud. Uh, Matthew Stafford, that elbow was more serious than what they let on, let's be honest. Uh, who else? They lost Von Miller. They don't have Odell anymore. They're not as scary. They're not as – I'm sorry. Like, you know, I know a lot of people love Cooper Cup, and he's one of the top-tier wide receivers in his league. But – I'm not I, Cooper Cup doesn't scare me. He doesn't scare me. Like I know he's going to do his thing, but that that offense right now is 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 Cooper Cup or bust. He's going to get his numbers by default. No one else can do the job. <laughs> so all of this too, since you're bringing this up, they can't run the ball. We're for lick. I don't think they know who the running back is. Whether it's Daryl Henderson or Cam Akers, they can't run the ball. We're for lick. And, and their offensive line isn't as good as it was last year. I thought Joe Noteboom would be significantly – not significantly, but from what Andrew Whitworth told me, he he's better than him. Well, I think he's battling something right now, an injury, and that's Matthew Stafford's blind side. Matthew Stafford's getting hit. So, you're right, though. The Von Miller thing is a huge stiff – you know, we praise Howie Roseman for all the moves he made this offseason. That was kind of like Les Sneed's trade deadline, getting Von Miller, signing Odell Beckham. Those are the moves that made you a Super Bowl champion. Now the Rams got to fix that, and I just don't know what they can. And this is why I think the Cowboys have more of a shot against them. I don't know who plays, where it's Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott, but the Cowboys have a really good defense, as we both know. And CeeDee Lamb's coming along. Noah Brown's becoming a threat. Michael Gallup made an impact Sunday. All of a sudden, you got to have some respect for that football team. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You know, the Cowboys are starting to get healthy again. And they're and they're, and they're beginning to get healthy at the right time, you know, at the at the at the most difficult to at the most difficult portion of their schedule, right? Um, but you know, this the, the like you said, the NFC West is locked up two and two all across the board, and the Eagles face the Cardinals uh this week on the road. A game I'm a little nervous about. Not because I not because I'm nervous about the Eagles. Uh, talent level against them or, 
you know, anything like that. It's just the desert. The Eagles, for some reason, haven't won on the road in the desert in Arizona in a long time, man. You know, I don't know if that trend can be broken because the way this team is built, because of who their leader is. But I'm going to be paying close attention to the way the defense contains Kyler Murray. But the good thing is they have to practice against, against a guy like that every single day. So they know, you know, they know a thing or two about dealing with a mobile, a mobile quarterback. What say you? So I can't even remember the last time the Eagles won in the desert. I, I can't remember if the Eagles ever won that same. I, I know they lost the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. They lost 11, 14. I'm pretty sure they lost. I think that was the John Brown, the long John Brown touchdown. I know they lost their last meeting there. Maybe you can look that up for me, Tone. But here's the thing. The Cardinals get off to – the slowest of slowest of starts you'll ever see. You'll be like, how is this team 2-2 two and two when you're watching this game? Because Cliff Kingsbury, for some reason, doesn't get them ready. And Kyler Murray, it's more Kyler Murray freelancing. And I, they seriously miss DeAndre Hopkins. Now, they got Rondell Moore back, so I think that's going to help them. But A.J. Green's out now. Marquise Brown's a problem. Zach Ertz is a problem. But overall, they just seem so discombobulated at the start of the game. They don't get anything going offensively. Until they're down double digits. It's a really weird football team that, again, their defense is playing well. Their defense has been keeping them in it. But I think this is a game where if you're the Eagles, you get off to a fast start. And if you keep up what you've been doing in the first half, especially those second quarters, I I mean, I'm not saying they're going to blow them out, but you could blow them out by the third, fourth quarter. Yeah. I don't think this is a game where the Cardinals can afford to – fall asleep at the wheel in the first and second quarter. That's where the Eagles have been thriving, especially the second quarter. I think the Eagles lead the league in second quarter scoring. You know what I mean? And the Eagles can't get up on you big. That's that's the beautiful thing about this Philadelphia Eagles team that we've seen. They can get up on you big, and they can hold you down. They can hold you underwater. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll fight for air, but – you can't you, you you can't come up for it because the Eagles keep their foot on your neck. And again, this you've seen this Philadelphia Eagles team win in so many different ways. You've seen them go up big on the Lions and then have to fight to keep the lead and you know go into the four minute offense to win the game. You've seen that. You've seen them respond to the blitz. You've seen them respond to. The, you've seen Jalen Hurts respond to the zone and the man and the. You you you've you've seen you've seen him respond to the QB spies. You he, he slayed. He slayed the Caldwell demon that was in Jack uh, that was in Jacksonville that was formerly in Tampa Bay. He slayed that he slayed that dragon, right? You know that's the guy that it put out that that infamous quote. He can't read. Jalen Hurts is showing that he can read now. Jalen Hurts is showing that he's patient. He's being decisive. You know he had a he had a, a mental lapse with the pick six against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, but you know it's the bad it's bad weather. He wanted to take a shot. He learned from it, bounced back. Other than that, he completed 64, 65% of his passes in, in inclement weather. The guy, and then that goes to the point about the whole noodle arm thing, right? A guy thrown in that weather completes 65% of his passes, 64% of his passes. I don't see a noodle arm. So this is going to be a really good game against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, some people always ask that question: who's the better quarterback? Kyler Murray or Jalen Hurts? And I think at this point, maybe Kyler Murray has more talent. Maybe he's more gifted as a passer, maybe. But I believe. Well, actually, notice how maybe he is. He's he is a little bit more gifted. He is a little bit more talented. He is a little bit more sparky. But Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, is a better quarterback. Why? Because he knows how to run the offense. Kyler Murray is too free. He, he he's freewheeling back there. You know what I mean? Like you said, and you can't win in the long term like that. 
No, see, here's the thing, too. I, I think right now Jalen Hurts is better than Kyler Murray. And I love Kyler Murray as a football player. I think he's fun to watch. I think he's entertaining. What I'm curious is I want to see if Vance Joseph plays man defense against Jalen Hurts and what Jalen Hurts can do with it. Because I, I think if you go to man coverage against A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, Eagles offense is going to have a big, big day. I Joseph cannot do what he wants in blitzing Jalen Hurts because I think Jalen Hurts will beat you. I don't think last year he could do that all the time, even though he was okay against Van D. It was a little better than people thought. But I think this year is like, okay, Jalen Hurts has proven the last two weeks. I don't need to run the football to beat you. I can run the football to beat you, but I don't need to run the football to beat you. Kyler Murray right now needs to run the football. He needs to make plays with his legs. Now, he doesn't have to get positive yards to do that, as we've seen through in the Rams game, in the Raiders game. Kyler Murray's a dangerous friend. you got to get to him. I, I, what I would do personally if I was the Eagles, I would have a spy on him. And I think Hassan Rags that guy. Mm, actually, you know, I would prefer – TJ Edwards, he's just the best instinctually. You know what I mean? Like it's just he understands angles. You know, sometimes Hassan Reddick, I don't like when Hassan Reddick is kind of dropped back. I want Hassan Reddick to be rushing. I want him to pin his ears back going forward. I trust TJ Edwards to kind of just watch Kyler Murray, just wade in the water and watch when he makes a move because TJ Edwards is having a hell of a season right now. And I can't wait to listen to you and Clay Harbor talk about this because we have our man in backstage in the in the green room right now. We're so grateful to this guy for coming on to the platform, man. Uh, former Eagle, former Jaguar, former NFL player, uh, former NFL tight end. Uh, the guy's been doing great work, and we're super excited to have him on. Jeff, before we go to break, any final thoughts about this Eagles-Cardinals matchup? I, I mean, I know it's only Tuesday, but look, if the Eagles didn't play in the desert, if they played in, say, Chicago, and I know that that's a team that that's where they struggle too. But hey, Clay's probably laughing right now because he's a big Bears guy. I feel a lot better about that than, than how I feel about them being in Arizona. They just don't play well out there, which is ironic considering Eagles fans. The, the way the Eagles are playing, they might be uh, taking two two trips to Arizona this year. Hey man, hopefully, man, to God be the glory, Laura Willen, right? <laughs> oh man, but. You know, this, you know, so far, this has been a great show. Me and Jeff are, are going off right now, right? So much to discuss. Um, Monday Night Football was interesting. Um, now we're entering week five. It's official. Your Philadelphia Eagles are the only undefeated team. They're 4-0. They're 4-0, but that doesn't mean anything. It takes more than just a good record to get to the Super Bowl. And I can't wait to hear what Clay Harbor has to say about that. You know, so we're going to take our break. We appreciate you guys. This is Good Morning, NFC East. He's Jeff Kirk. I'm Tony Schultz the second. Keep it locked, you guys. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. 
go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Clay Harbor, former Eagles tight end, former Jaguars tight end on the Believe Podcast Network. Clay, how's it going, my man? Oh, I'm great. I'm out here in Chicago. I know you were talking about that a second ago. It's getting cold, but uh, it couldn't be better. Is the wind really high right now in Chicago? I know it's been in Philly for, for the most part. The wind is always – it seems like it's always at least 15 miles per hour. So, I don't know if you guys call that high out there in Philly, but – I feel like every day, for some reason, the wind is, is at least 15 miles per hour whenever you go outside. Uh, I was feeling it um, on Sunday, Clay, with that whole Eagles-Jaguars where, as a football player, did you enjoy playing in that, you know, th- that rain, that wind when you were watching that game? No. And I don't think there's anybody that, I mean, people say they like that as they're lying. I don't like the rain. I don't like the cold. I don't like the snow. I play in it. I'm going to plan it fine. I'm never going to wear sleeves. I always thought that was a men. I don't care if it's snowing and 20 degrees outside. I never wear sleeves, but I did not enjoy it. I would rather it be 70 and sunny. Trust me, that that those were the better days. And then you go to the other side of the ball or the other side of it is when it's when it's 100 degrees in training camp in Jacksonville, Florida, or New Orleans, um, Louisiana, and, and you're just sweating. 
So none of those games were fun. You did them. You played hard, and you got through it. But I will say the 70 degrees and sunny were the best days. Yeah, this is what I thought was funny after the game Sunday. So I, I'm trying to – I'm thinking, okay, should I go see Doug? Should I go to Eagles locker room? I went to Eagles locker room. All the players are shivering. A.J. Brown, Lane Johnson, Javon Hargrave needed to take a shower. And then I got Trevor Lawrence's transcript, and I kind of wanted to hear him say – now, I played in that weather before. I'm like, yeah, you played in Florida, I rained in Florida before. I don't think you played in the rain and the cold. I, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on how Jacksonville played someday. Well, I mean, you can't go any further than Trevor Lawrence. I'm, I'm happy the Eagles got the win, but if you don't win a game when the quarterback fumbles the ball four times and throws an interception – uh, any team is going to win that game. If you hold, if you, if you maybe only have three of those turnovers, it could be a different game because those turnovers were big turnovers. And then you got the missed pass to Jamal, Jamal Agnew could have put them up 21, three. There was a lot of plays in that game that the Jaguars kind of gave away. Obviously it says a lot about the Eagles. You, you got the interception early for Hurts, getting down 14, nothing coming back. It really shows that this team can fight and can play from behind. And they didn't get away from their game plan. Sirianni still ran the ball. Miles Sanders, huge day, but I think it comes down to Trevor Lawrence, five turnovers. You're not, you're, nobody's going to win a football game. When your quarterback turns the ball over five times. Say what you will about Doug Peterson's play calling. The Jaguars not stopping the run. Um, Folo Fadakasi uh, left the game early, and as soon as he did, that, that's when you started seeing a lot of those uh, running lanes open up, and obviously the Eagles did have some backup alignment in as well. But uh, those are some of the things that I saw. What, to me, it's the first time I got to see Jacksonville up close, and I, I watched their first three games. I came away impressed with them. I, I, think, I feel like I came away more impressed with the Jaguars, even after that game, just because they did take a 14-0 lead. And, look, they were down Zay Jones. Uh, the passing game wasn't ideal Sunday, but yet Jacksonville was still in it at the end. Absolutely. They were still in it. And I don't know why Sirianni went for it on that fourth down. He gave them a chance, gave them the ball. If they would have went down the field and scored two-point conversion, this game's going to overtime. They were in it to the end, and they are a good team. They got a good defense. They got a good offense. Trevor Lawrence obviously didn't play well. He had the pick. He had the four fumbles, and he missed. Like I said, when you miss Jamal Agnew right there, the guy was wide open going to the end zone to go up 21-0. You can't miss that. But the rain had a much bigger effect on them than it did the Eagles. And I'm usually a guy that doesn't like to, to blame the weather. It's like, hey, what, did it stop raining when the Eagles got the ball? You know, it's like, was this only – the Jaguars they had to deal with this weather. Like people talking about when the Bears beat the 49ers in the monsoon. Like both teams played in the monsoon, right? I know it's a different type of ball game, but this Jaguars team is for real. James Robinson didn't get as many carries as you would have liked to see as if you're a Jags fan. He's been one of the engines that have driven this team, and Doug kind of stayed away because he's only averaging three point. Six yards of pop against that Eagles defense were really, really shutting them down. They did a great job on Christian Kirk, especially with Darius Slay being out, Avante Maddox being out. I know you say Jay, Zay Jones is out, but overall, that Eagles defense played well. But I think this Jags team's for real. They got some young talent, and they're going to keep getting better. What are, What are your overall thoughts on the Eagles? I mean, they are only 
the only undefeated team, but it just feels like they find a different player or a different way to beat you every single week. Absolutely. And, and this year they have a top five wide receiver. And I think that's, that's huge for Jalen Hurts. This guy, AJ Brown, people are still going to catch the football. You know, you have to catch it with your body when it's raining. It's a little bit harder to catch it with your hands. This guy's still reaching out, plucking the ball. Like it's like, it's dry outside. I'm like, oh, what's he got on those gloves? Those gloves get slippery sometimes once the once the rain starts coming down. AJ Brown's incredible, and he's going to really pay dividends down the stretch. Obviously, I love this defense. The way TJ Edwards has been playing is 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 phenomenal for for an undrafted free agent from Wisconsin. You know, guy who's never gotten the respect he's deserved. I, I really love TJ Edwards, sideline to sideline, smart player. Hassan Reddick showed up big. I think he's a guy that's going to keep getting better. And I know people say he's just a speed rusher, but he had a couple bull rushes last week and and really came up big, especially at the end of that game with that strip sack on Trevor. So this team is set up. You got pass rushers, you got run stoppers, you got good line. When was the last time Eagles had some linebackers like these? Linebackers, defensive backs, and you got weapons on the outside and a strong running game. To me, there's no holes in this roster. This roster, and especially you got you got Jonathan Gannon calling much better defense. You got Sirianni is doing a good job and in Station as well. So I think you got everything working. And this team, in my opinion, is a favorite in the NFC. Last night when I was watching the Monday Night Football game, and it, it, this is kind of a nice segue for you because you play with D'Amico Ryans. And I, I think he should be an NFL head coach probably as soon as next year. I don't know if the, uh, the destinations will be as attractive for him. But when you played with him, was he like – that cerebral when you were going up against him in practice, or was he like showing you guys stuff like during practices during the week? D'Amico is just a great dude, man. That guy was awesome guy. He always talking football. He's, uh, he's always talking something about football. You know, he's if you're in the if you're in the dining hall and you're eating, most guys are just hanging out, you know, talking about anything. He's talking football. This guy's still talking about someone defense, like D'Amico. Just had meetings. Like, what are you doing? Like, he's he's just a guy that you know loves the game, and that's that's the thing that you you really get from D'Amico. Yeah, and that's one thing. Uh, overall, uh, I don't know how much of the Rams 49ers game you were able to watch last night, but the Rams play the Cowboys this week, and I'm starting to think, hey, you know what? The Cowboys might beat them just because I don't know what to make of this Rams team. Every single Week, I keep thinking the Rams are going to turn it on, and they just haven't yet. They haven't yet. And this NFC, you keep seeing it. Who's the team? The Buccaneers? No. The Rams not looking good. This NFC East keeps looking better and better. The, the, the Giants are somehow 3-1. and one. I'm not saying the Giants are a good team. I just watched that whole game against the Chicago Bears. I rewatched it yesterday. The Giants aren't great, but they, they're 3-1. and one. Say what you will about them. You are what your record is. Then you got you got the Cowboys. I think they're better with Dalton Schultz. To tell me I'm wrong, they're not winning games. They're not winning games until Dalton Schultz comes in the game. Dalton Schultz is a solid quarterback. The guy seems to have a, a knack for winning football games. That's something Dak Prescott wasn't doing. So this NFC East is looking is looking better and better. And obviously, then you got the, the Commanders with with our guy Carson Wentz who. They're bringing up the rear there, but 
I think overall, when you look at these NFC teams, the Chiefs just handled handled the Buccaneers. And the Chiefs law, I don't get into this team beat that team, that so that team. The, the, the Jaguars beat the beat the Colts 24-0, and the Colts beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs just handled the, the Buccaneers. I mean, it, it all looks like the Eagles are really alone in a league of their own in the NFC. To me, I don't know who else you can say is is even close close to the yeah. point. Yeah, one of my overreactions was on Sunday, and I, I, I do an overreactions of reality checks piece for CBS Sports. I said, you know what, I'm going to stir the pot a little bit. Are the Packers the best team in the NFC? And I kind of ripped them the threads. I said, no, you needed five quarters to beat the New England Patriots with a third-string quarterback. I don't know what to make of them either, Clay. Yeah, yeah. The, the Packers, honestly, I, I watched the game against the Bears, and I mean, obviously, I'm, they, they won that football game, and I watched a few of the Packers games, but they're not the old Packers. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the same weapons he's had, and obviously, Devontae Adams leaving is an issue for him. He's got some young receivers. Alan Lazard's out there playing. You got Christian Watson. But uh, the run game is really going to be what the Packers are this year. Aaron Jones is, is, is a good player, and it's just not the same team as we're used to seeing. A lot of these teams, you, you kind of just see their, their name, Buccaneers, the Packers, and you just think automatically they're going to be good. But you really got to look, got to wipe it all off, and you got to see, okay, what have they shown me this season? And the Packers haven't shown me much. I know they got a 3-1 record, but they haven't shown me that much. When you were watching that Giants-Bears game Sunday, and I still haven't rewatched it yet, I know Saquon Barkley took – a lot of stats of Wildcat when Daniel Jones had the ankle injury. But how frustrating was that for you just following the Bears, knowing that they just could not stop when Saquon was back then? It's, I mean, the whole the whole thing is frustrating as a Bears fan. You know, growing up with Bears fans, been a frustrating life. But, yeah, the, the defense had trouble stopping. You know, you say you want to say party says, hey, it's Saquon Barkley. Maybe we give these guys a little bit of a, of a break here. But, no, like, you know he's running the football. It's it's literally the running back is taking the snaps, and you still can't stop him. Even when they put nine in the box, then you'd have a rollout with Daniel Jones, and they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't see that coming. So the, the defense really, really didn't have a great game at the end there. But the problem in Chicago is, is, is the offense, and the offensive line is not giving Fields time to throw. And when Fields does get time to throw in the off chance, I think he's scared. He's spooked because he's surprised that there's not a guy in his face. So he ends up throwing an incompletion interception. So it's just all bad in Chicago right now. The offense is not looking good. And I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. But hopefully uh, the night is darkest before the dawn out there, out here in Chicago. Yeah. One thing I really got upset with the Bears last week was I, I know all the talk is Justin Fields and his lack of development, but. You're also hurting Darnell Mooney. I mean, he came in the Sunday's game with 27 yards receiving. To me, that is just unacceptable for a player that good. Yeah, Mooney has really uh, – he, he had a good game on Sunday at 95 yards. He finally got the ball got, got the ball a little bit there. But, you know, overall, Mooney, Mooney's dropped some passes, though. His routes haven't been that crisp. And it's, you know, him and Fields – if you look back to last season, they didn't really have that connection. The, the six games that Nick Foles and Andy Dalton played, Darnell Mooney had over half of his receiving yards in only those six games. 
So you look at really where he got his yards from last year. A lot of it was from Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. Him and Justin Fields have never really had that connection. People automatically assume that it was him and Fields that had that connection to get over 1,000 yards last year. But when you really break down the games, the guys that were getting him the ball were Nick Foles on the weeks, two weeks he started, and Andy Dalton on the four, Dalton on the four weeks he started. So that's, uh, that's something that's interesting. So him and Fields have never really been on the same page. And what is this week? Yeah, he had a good game this week, and he's obviously I've always wanted to say he's a number one receiver, but I'll be honest, he doesn't look like it right now. What do you think is the main issue with Justin Fields? Main issue is he's he is inaccurate and uh he's he holds the ball a little bit long. And when you have a bad offensive line and you hold the ball just a little bit long, that compounds it, makes it worse. You got to get out, got rid of, get rid of the ball faster. And for the type of quarterback he is, that makes it extremely difficult. This offensive line, the Bears' center is is basically a hologram. The guys are just running through him like he's not even there. It's crazy. He just runs pressure in your face. So pressure around the edge, you can step up sometimes. Fields getting pressure around the edge, and he's getting pressure in his face. And that's when you start to get spooked, and you see his feet. He's got the happy feet, and he doesn't know what to do. And when he sees an open guy, he's not hitting him. So a lot of it, I think, comes down to no. the offensive line is below average. It's not great. I don't think it's the worst in the league. They're a good run-blocking offensive line, very poor pass pro. And then on the flip side of that, receivers aren't getting open. Dante Pettis, who, who's that? Who's Dante Pettis, you know? you got Darnell Mooney, yes, but then you got Byron Pringle. you got Valus Jones. Like, who are these guys? And these guys aren't getting open. And it's sad to see because you want to see Fields be successful. He's a hardworking guy. But the receivers, I broke down this game, the entire game, receivers aren't getting open. Offensive line is not blocking. Last week, you couldn't say, you didn't have to say that. Last week against Houston, Fields made some poor throws. There were some guys open. This week, the opposite story. No blocking, nobody's open. Yeah. I know you said three and one's three and one, but. When I did watch some of the highlights of that game, to me, what frustrated me was maybe it's because I am a special teams guy. When Velas Jones basically muffed that punt, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I want to hear from Giants fans. Like this Bears team just isn't good, and I don't want to write off a win in the NFL. But it's not like you're three and one and you're beating these world beaters here. You're beating the Chicago Bears. You're beating the. Um, <laughs> I see, I forget who they beat. Uh, well, Tennessee looked like a decent win, but yeah, Houston Texans and the Bears. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Bears are two and two, though. I, I mean, say what we want. They, they, they have a better record than the Washington Commanders right now. Yeah, and I think that, I don't know if the I don't think the Giants are are for real. Watching Daniel Jones, he's uh, he's in a tough situation too. They they protected him pretty well, but Evan Neal has been struggling bad. He's been struggling, but of course, against the Bears, Robert Quinn isn't even getting close to the quarterback somehow. But Neil's been struggling. He's rated graded on Pro Football Focus as one of the worst offensive tackles in the entire league, the bottom five. He's Sterling Shepard's out. He has nobody to throw the ball to. He's got a worse wide receiver core, I think, than, than the Chicago Bears. And trust me, that's hard to do. Kenny Galloway can't catch. He's playing hot potato. He can't catch a football. Um, and even going against Kyler Gordon, who's every, everybody's just just attacking him, just treating him like a redheaded stepchild. Man, they're they're just treating uh, Kyler Gordon bad. The guy does not look good for the Bears, their second round draft pick. But uh, 
the defense looked okay. I know they're coming in the game. They're 25th against the run. They really shut down a Bears running game that was 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 good. And, uh, they, they had over 100 yards, but that was with all the field scrambles. Uh, Khalil Herbert didn't have a big game. I know they're missing David Montgomery. But uh, the Giants, uh, with Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor, I just don't see them posing a threat to the Philadelphia Eagles after watching both those games back to back. You get a good team out there like the Eagles, I think it's going to get ugly and ugly fast. Since you brought it up, who is the Eagles' biggest threat right now? Honestly, I think it is the Cowboys. If there was a threat in the division, it would it would have to be the Cowboys because they do have some players there, and and Dalton Schultz um, can play. You got C.D. Lamb, Cooper Rush is is playing. But when Dak comes back, maybe Dak gets back to to his last couple of years of uh, of quarterback, and so. I think Dallas is probably the biggest threat. And overall NFC, I mean, you still got to look at Green Bay Packers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they got Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And, I mean, with those two guys, you can't count them out. You look at the careers they've had and the, the level of quarterback they play, and it's if, if you count them out historically, you've been wrong. I know they're not looking great. Packers 3-1, and one, Buccaneers 2-2, two and two, but – Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to go further than that. All four NFC West teams are two and two. Do we still think the Rams come out of that, or are we starting to believe in maybe the 49ers, maybe the Cardinals, even the Seahawks at this point? I think the best thing that happened to the 49ers, and you know, I don't want to sound like a bad guy, but was Trey Lance getting hurt? Trey Lance wasn't ready. Trey Lance. I know he didn't get much time, but watching that game against the Bears and a little bit of the second game he played, and then you're seeing all over the news this guy loses to the Bears, lands a plane, then he's at a strip club all night. Like That's not something you want to see your starting quarterback do. And uh, I think the best thing that happened for the 49ers for this season is Jimmy Garoppolo being their starting quarterback. He was the better, best quarterback in San Francisco. He's taken to the Super Bowl. He's taken the Dynasty Championship game. I think there's a chance that he can get them back there again. As far as the Rams, I think Allen Robinson has been pretty disappointing after seeing with the Bears. I thought he would have a very successful year. The guy's a meticulous worker. He's a great route runner. I just don't think he's ever had great hands. I played with the A-Rob in, in Jacksonville, and he was never a strong hands catcher with a ton of talent. He caught everything with his body, wasn't great run after catch, but he's a big body and he's meticulous worker when it comes to running routes. So I thought he would do better over there. And obviously you got Cooper Cup, who is uh, headlining my fantasy football team. Didn't have a big game for me last night when I needed him. I let it slide, Cooper. You know, I feel like you've done a good job so far. But I don't know if they're the favorites um, anymore, but they're the defending Super Bowl champions. So we got to give them more time. Since you play tight end in the NFL, I I, I got to ask you, who – probably because Tony Gonzalez brought this up last week. He said Dallas Goddard is the best tight end in football right now. Right now. He didn't say overall. He said right now. I want to know, how would you rank Dallas Goddard? How would you rank him amongst the best tight ends? Here's the thing about Dallas Goddard. He, he, can he can – he, is he a good, better receiver than Travis Kelsey? No. Travis Kelsey is one of a kind, maybe not even Mark Andrews, but Dallas Goddard is right after those guys as a receiver. 
But as a blocker, he's better than both of them. When I look at a tight end, I look at both, both things. Can you block and can you catch passes? Travis Kelsey don't block anybody no more. He doesn't need to. He's Travis Kelsey. He might throw a shoulder in there. You know, he might, you know, do a little chip or something. But he's not a hard-nosed blocker, and Dallas Goddard is. That's why I like Dallas Goddard so much. I think he's – I said since being the year, I said this guy's going to be a top-five tight end this year. I think he is a top-five tight end. You look at the numbers from last year. He's on pace for over 1,000 yards this year. I think he'll get that easily. I think he'll even get more than, um, than 1,000. He might need like 1,200 yards to tight end and block the way he blocks. Um, and this sets, away, sets Dallas Goddard apart is he can run block. You can run to him. Most of the time you got a tight end in the game, you got to run away from him because he can't take on a, a defensive end or an outside linebacker. Dallas Goddard can, and that sets up play action passes for him. Him being able to block opens up a whole other level of the game plan for a guy like Goddard. You don't have to do what the Jaguars do. So you see what they're doing. They got Evan Ingram, but then they're bringing in Chris Manhurts to block. Then they're bringing in Dan Arnold for the move stuff. Then they're bringing in Luke Farrell for some of the fullback stuff. So you got this whole committee at tight ends, and that leads to tendencies, and you only got the playbook open for these amount of plays. Trust me, that's the type of tight end they had me doing. I thought I could do everything, but they made me run into these little roles. You know, you're doing the, the fullback, the move tight end stuff. Dallas Goddard does it all. He doesn't have to leave the field. So you can play action to him, and the defense is going to buy it. The linebackers are going to believe it. They're going to suck up things behind this defense. Are the safeties going to worry about him? No. Guess, guess what? You got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith blowing off the top, and then Dallas Goddard's going to be over the middle of the field. So I think Dallas Goddard, with all that, is one of the best tight ends in the league. I used to joke when you played for the Eagles, I'm like, man, Clay Harbour will be a Pro Bowl tight end if Nick Foles is his quarterback the entire time. And, you know, it, it, overall, though, how was playing with Nick Foles? Nick Foles is an unbelievable guy. I love playing with Nick Foles. Um, went out with him to Texas a couple of times just to hang out. You know, we were buddies. And uh, – no harder worker than, than Nick Foles. This guy would spend hours, and I know it's cliche and you hear it. He spent hours in the film room. This guy, the one story I tell people ask me about Nick Foles, it was a it was a Friday practice. We used to call them fast Fridays. Brent Selleck would have my old tight end mate would have uh, barbecues over at his house. Or he would have a, a, a personal chef make a ton of meals for people. And um so we'd go over, we'd go over to Brent's house and we'd all eat and hang out and Dornbach would be doing magic. You know, we'd, we'd have the whole crew there. We're all hanging out and whatever. One week I left my iPad at the, uh, at the tight end room to download some plays because the Wi-Fi was down at my apartment. So I wanted to go to Celex, go home for a minute, grab my, my iPad and I'd watch some plays before I go to bed, you know, come back for practice in the morning. We're traveling. I, I go to Selks for a couple hours. I go home for another hour after that, after practice. I come back to the tight end room, open the door. Nick Foles is still in the tight end room. He's got the film going. He's got every coverage drawn up on the whiteboard that the opponent's playing. It's just three and a half hours after practice. Everybody's gone. Nobody in the building. I go, Nick, what are you, what are you doing, man? You know, you know I, I just wanted to um, to make sure that I got the plays just in case. I would, Nick, you're not going to play. You're a backup quarterback this week. He is doing all that on a week when he was our, when Michael Vick was our starting quarterback. So that's the kind of guy Foles is. Hours in the film room, 
on a week he's not even starting. So he's an impressive, hard worker. I, I'll always pull for Nick Foles, one of the best guys around. Now, how does Nick Foles compare to work ethic-wise with Jalen Hurts? It, it, to me, they kind of feel like the same guy just with their preparation and how they, you know, just week in and week out. It feels like there's no stone unturned with those two. Oh, yeah, I, I've never got to experience, obviously, the Jalen Hurts work ethic, but I've heard about it. You know, I've got some buddies on my team still, and he's he's a guy that they love to follow. He's a hard worker. He's not do he's not going out and partying and doing the things like that. You see some of these young quarterbacks like Trey Lance, Justin Fields doing. He's all about football, and he wants to win. That, that's his party is on on Sunday on the football field. The guy's got his priorities straight, and you love to see that. And I think that's why he's going to be so successful. The guy wants it. He's bought in. He's driven. He's working hard in the weight room. And you hear that when I went to camp this summer over there at the Novacare complex, and I'm like, oh, who's this, uh, who's this new tight end? The Eagles got it. Can't really see. Gets a little closer. Oh, that's not a tight end. I'm Jalen Hurts. I go, man, that guy is ripped. That guy, that guy bigger than me. This guy's um, Jalen Hurts is, is fit. He's in shape. He puts the work in the weight room. He puts the work into the film room. And that's the guy you want leading your team. Like once again, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to get you on again because all these NFC East teams play the Jaguars. They play the Bears this year. Love hearing your insight. And um, to me, you're, a, you're an answer to a trivia question. Who caught the Eagles' last uh, walk-off touchdown? Oh, man, was that it? Yeah, shoot. Oh, nice. <laughs> against Tampa Bay. I, I still it, – it's funny. I watched that game. I think it was a couple weeks ago. I love watching old Eagles games. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Clay Harbor caught that pass. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy, man. It, it's – I'll tell you what. It's Football is a fun sport. It's it, just to see it evolve and just everything else. But, man, I, no. I'll tell you, I really appreciate you coming on. I really I do. appreciate you having me, Jeff. Anytime, yeah. man. Anytime. All right, sounds great. Thanks for coming on, Clay. Of course. All right, and uh, so apparently, my couple of my buddies uh, have to get on me for getting a new, basically not doing a tribute to Joey McDonald. But I'm going to do one today. But I got to find out my own sign off here. We're going to put a bow on the show right after this. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're. fans on earth it's a bold statement 
but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. every game yet it's been kind of a couple crazy days as you guys probably know um covering the eagles game on sunday but overall I- i'll tell you what i still don't know anybody's gonna beat the kansas city chiefs this year i i, I really don't uh they took the buccaneers to the woodshed sunday night uh the buccaneers had the best run defense in football at least in my opinion and kansas city just you know, well, yeah, we're going to run for 180 off you with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Isaiah Pacheco and, you know, Jerick McCain, guys like that. You know, their offensive line is so good. And Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are just the most dangerous quarterback-head coach combination in the league. I, look, I'm just starting to think the AFC may not be as good as we made it out to be at the beginning of the year. Uh, definitely not the AFC West. Uh, the Chargers had an impressive win this week with – all the injuries and everything they've been going through. I don't care if he was Houston or not. Win's a win and win. Win is a win is a win. And they look better than the Denver Broncos, and they definitely look better than the Las Vegas Raiders right now. So, but I just don't know who beats the Chiefs. Baltimore keeps blowing leads. Buffalo, to me, is really good. I, I think Buffalo's going to be in there. I think it's the Chiefs and the Bills, honestly. I think they're the two in the AFC. In the NSC. Every single week, I keep telling myself, you know what? Man, the, I don't know who beats the Eagles. I really don't. Green Bay needs five quarters to be a third-string quarterback who never played. Tampa Bay gets taken to the woodshed by Kansas City. Uh, Dallas looks like they're the, they're the best team that could be against Philadelphia right now. The Cowboys are good. I was wrong. I was dead wrong. They are not done. They may be better off Cooper Rush, as Clay Harbor pointed out. 
They may be better off, at least right now. But I think he can beat the Rams Sunday. I really do. I think he can beat the Rams. I'm not saying I'm going to pick him, but I can beat him. I think if the Eagles get off to a big lead against the Cardinals, I think they beat them. Because, look, the Eagles are the best team the Cardinals have faced all year. And the Cardinals have faced the Rams. They faced the Raiders. Um, you know, the Cardinals are a weird team. They they really are. So just get ready for this when we break this down this week, Eagles fans. They're a weird, weird, weird football team. But overall, you know, if we had to rank them, Eagles might be the best team right now. It's only week four. I get it. We're going to week five. I get it. But the Eagles may be the best team right now. I mean, they, they, they find different ways to beat you every single week. They have a defense that just flat out hurts people, flat out creates turnovers. They've allowed more turnovers than touchdowns this year. Think about that. Think about that. They are one of just seven teams ever to win their first four games and put up 400 yards in each game. And five of those seven teams went to the Super Bowl. Went. Only won one. That was the Chiefs a couple years ago. But five of those seven teams went to the Super Bowl. So think about that for a second. Eagles are good. And the Cowboys are good. And the NFC East is good. I mean, the Giants may be better than a lot of teams think. I, I, a lot of people think. I don't think they're world beaters. I don't think they'll touch Eagles and the Cowboys. But I think they're better than this year. I, I really do. Um, so... Oh, by the way, I got to give a shout-out. Phillies made the playoffs. I had the Monday Night Football game on the background, but for darn sure I had the Phillies on. I don't miss Phillies games. I don't miss Phillies games. I don't miss Sixers games. I, I'll, I'll never miss one. I, I don't care what I'm doing. I got to watch them live. And I'll tell you what, as someone who's been a long-suffering Phillies fan, who did get to see him win in 08, who grew up, with the Ricky Patalicos of the world, um, the Matt Beaches. 07 was special to me, then making the playoffs. This last night felt it too. I don't care if it was a wild card or not. They're back in the playoffs. They're going to be playing postseason baseball this weekend. I can't be more thrilled. I can't. I, I don't care what they do. By the way, I don't know who I want them to face. I'd love to see them face the Mets just because I want some revenge, but I think the Cardinals are the more favorable matchup for them. But and I'm so happy for Gene Segura, Reese Hoskins, Aaron Nola, Zach Eflin, guys who have been on this team for a long time. Segura's never made the postseason. I, I had to get that shout out in. I had to. Um, I'm wearing the I'm wearing the red for a reason. You know, happy for the Phillies. It's going to be an exciting time in Philadelphia sports this weekend. Uh, Eagles undefeated. Sixers are starting to ramp up. Phillies are in the playoffs, and they ain't got the Flyers. Oh, and I got to give a shout out to the Philadelphia Union too. The, they're in first place. So, again, guys, great show. Loved Clay Hart for coming on. Going to have my buddy Kevin Boylard on tomorrow. He'll sell the Giants pretty well. He is a Giants fan. But, you know, I always say no one forgets the about the NC East more than Kevin Boylard does. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. We're going to have fun this week. Once again, I'd like to thank my main man, Tony Shields. Uh, smash that like button. Subscribe to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, Birds365 with Joey Mack and John McMullen coming up next. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. 
Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Over the last 17 years, we've built a reputation of growing award-winning teams across the country. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. 